Hi, welcome to Project Healing, a podcast whose mission is to shed light on true self-care, healing our inner demons, and connecting the world in deeper and more meaningful ways. We all have a story to share, and we're very excited to be a part of helping everyone to share their own along the path of their healing journey. I'm your host, Katherine Galvin, psychic medium and intuitive healer, and with me, I have my co-host. I'm Jenna Korzynski, empathic psychic medium and intuitive soul coach. I believe that we have to feel our pain in order to heal it, and that community is a large part of that process. Speaking our truth and riding the waves of life is how we heal, and we welcome you to do the same. This is Project Healing. We'd like to do a quick shout out to our Patreons, Catherine Kendall, Manuela Cardenas, Rue, Katie Duvetter, Janet Adams, Chelsea Ayers, Katie Nicholson, and Samantha Sanguinetti. Thank you so much for your support. And if you are interested in joining our Patreon, we do have multiple tiers available, which include personalized readings, Reiki healing, and monthly group readings as well. So head on over to patreon.com and become a supporter of Project Healing so that we can connect on a more personal level. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Project Healing. Jenna. How are you doing today? Sup, girl? I'm doing all right. I am doing a okay. How are you doing? Christmas. We had a great Christmas, and full disclaimer: not traveling and going all over the world was really nice. Sorry, family. It was. Yeah. (laughs) P.S. Love you guys, but it was really nice not seeing you. No, (laughs) it was good not having to travel. Yeah, we usually do that 12-hour drive. So we didn't have to. It was kind of nice. And then it snowed like crazy up there, didn't it? Um, We got, I mean, we got some snow. No, we didn't get hit. Buffalo got hit you hard. Didn't? Rochester didn't oh, okay. get too much. Yeah. Buffalo, they got pounded. Yeah. But. Awesome. All right. Well, we are not alone today. We have one of our favorite patrons and Becoming very quickly a friend of ours, Chelsea Ayers, on here to talk about foster care. So go ahead. Say hi, Chelsea. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on here. I kind of strong arm people in when I'm like, you're going to be on the show. You're on the show. There's no question about it. (laughs) So Chelsea has been a foster parent for how long? I'm going into my fifth year. Wow. So okay. not super long, but also not a super short amount of time either. <laughs> Feels longer. Yeah, people do that for less time and burn out pretty quickly. So I think that's a pretty long Yeah, time. the average is like a year in my area, typically. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of burnout in foster care. I can imagine. What made you get started in foster care? Um, I don't know. My story is an interesting one. Um, So like my whole life, I had really been interested in like foster care or adoption. Um, Then I got older and realized that I had some fertility issues and married a man who has fertility issues. And so it was kind of like all signs point to go. 
and we really weighed the options between adoption and foster care and just felt like we could do more good in the foster care system. Um, and the goal of the foster care system is not adoption. Um, it's reunification, um, usually, um, unless, you know, the, this, uh, the situation is like, you know, severe, um, but you know, we just thought, well, we'll get into foster care. And if we do end up with a child who needs somebody, then we'll be that, that person. So here we are. How many foster children have you had? Three. Um, and I, I've had exceptionally long cases. <laughs> um, yeah. Typically, a case is only like 12 months, but I've not had a single one that's been shorter than two years. Wow. Yeah. That is a special circumstance. I, I get lucky with these uh, special cases <laughs> that go <laughs> on and on and on. Yeah, the universe knows you can handle it, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. What does it look like when you get a new a new child with you? How does that placement work? What's the stress behind it? Um, so it's really different with each child. Um, every, every child has a different story. And even if they have the same story, it's a completely different child reacting to that story a completely different way. Um, my first foster child was actually only six weeks old. Um, so I feel like she kind of uh, broke me in kind of easy because she was six weeks old. Yeah, she had some like separation anxiety and stuff, but like she was just like a regular happy baby, hadn't experienced too much trauma outside of the womb. Um, And so she was my breeze, um, whereas my other foster children had been exposed to drugs in utero, had been neglected for months, um, and they were a little more complicated. my current placement was pretty severely neglected for 11 months. Um, and she came to me at 11 months. So from birth to when she was removed, she was pretty severely neglected. Um, so when she came to us, uh, first off, she didn't look like an 11 month old. She looked like she was six months old. Um, and I really thought maybe they gave me the wrong chart for the wrong kid. Cause I was like, are we sure that this is her birthday? Cause there's no way. Um, she couldn't sit up on her own, couldn't hold a bottle, like none of the things that you expect an 11 month old to be able to do. And because she had not been comforted when she would cry, um, she wasn't to the point where she was like not crying for help anymore, which in foster care is it's a good thing. Like you want them still to be crying and right. reaching for help. Um, when they don't cry anymore, that's a real problem. But, um, she didn't know how to be comforted. So I would try to hold her and it would make it worse. So we went through like six months of me just listening to her scream for like six or 10 hours a day because she, there was nothing you could do other than like, that was what she was doing to soothe herself. Um, and we all about lost our minds, but we made it through and she's amazing today. That was two years ago. Um, and she's fantastic and you'd never know that she went through all of that, but we definitely had some rough patches and it's a, it's an adjustment phase for like everyone in your life too, because you get this placement overnight and it's not like being pregnant and you have nine months to prepare for this child. You get this child overnight and you usually you get a call and two hours later they're on your doorstep and um, you have no idea what to expect. You get like the very basic information about them um, and then your whole life changes. Um 
depending on what they need. Like for instance, with her, we didn't go anywhere for six months. Like I was in like isolation for six months. Um, but you just, you just do what you do. Everyone everyone knows what that's like now, right? Not going now, but yeah, (laughs) I know I had a crash course, I guess. Yeah. Two years ago, (laughs) we all still went places. Uh, Mm -hmm. Okay. So Jenna, I can't see your face to know when you're about to talk today. So just (laughs) cut me off. We're intuitives having technological issues. Shocking, right? Um, Chelsea, I'm curious about, I want to backtrack a little bit and I'm just curious about the process moving into getting into foster care. Like what did that look like to become a foster parent? Um, honestly, it was a lot simpler than I thought it was going to be. And we put it off for probably two years because we thought we were going to get denied hardcore. Um, I don't know how much you know about me, Jenna, but I have like a funny farm. I live out in the middle of nowhere. I literally have a pet raccoon that I raised since it was like a baby. And that was me and my husband's biggest thing. We're like, these people are going to come out and see that we have a raccoon who is like our firstborn child. Like no one can touch him. And they're going to be like, no you can't have children, like you can't have children here. There's no way. And we have all these dogs and my house used to be a fish farm. So we have like 32 ponds. I'm like, they're going to be like, these kids are going to drown. They're going to get attacked by a raccoon. So we put off (laughs) all of this stuff for like two years. And then um, I was working in the medical field and actually met a patient that worked as a social worker. And she was like, are you kidding me? They'll pass you flying colors. You're fine. So we called and they came out and they were like, yeah, your house is fine. I'm like, are you sure? Like, you want to, <laughs> you want me to take care of children? Okay. Um, but it was pretty simple. Um, most people, I think you can probably just contact your county. Um, and we went to six weeks of, um, like foster parenting classes, which was just, we went and sat in a room full of other people who potentially wanted to be foster parents and learned about like, you know, trauma and, how the brain functions after trauma and stuff. Um, but it was just six weekends in a row and it was actually pretty, I mean, it was cool. They fed us and wasn't, you know, they want to make you happy because they want you to be a foster parent, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we did that and, um, just like our background check and then they come out and do like a home study just to make sure your house is cool. Um, but it was way easier than I thought it was going to be. And I probably would have done it a lot sooner if I would have known how simple it was going to be. Yes. Um, I think that's something that scares people is that they want to do it, but they're afraid of the whole process. So that's the mm-hmm. reason that I wanted to ask about that. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very simple. It's actually the most simple part of the whole process. So. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. the most simple. Yeah. Um, completely irrelevant, but Jenna, you know, this is coming, right? I did not know about the raccoon. What the hell is the raccoon's name? His name is Bartholomew. Bart. (gasps) Even better. Even better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's my baby boy. Oh, I love it. He's not really, he's not tiny, but (laughs) he's like 55 pounds. He's way overweight. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, stalk my Facebook. You'll see him. He's all over the place. Oh, oh I'm on that. I am on <laughs> that. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> he might end up with his own intro slide on this episode, just seeing. <laughs> my, you know. No photo of you, Chelsea. We're putting a photo of Bart That's instead. Fine. We'll just stick Bart up there. He's cuter anyway. <laughs> what does this have to do with foster care? Just Absolutely listen, nothing, except for if you have a raccoon, you can foster. No problem. Yes. So. 
good to know. Good to know. Oh, man. Okay. So I can't believe I didn't know that all of the conversations I've had with you. Um, Okay. So the whole process to get approved was basically nothing. Like you don't have like, like any kind of child assault crimes in your background. You're good to go. Yeah, basically. uh, I mean, and honestly, even if you have things on your background, as long as they're not child related and they're like a pretty good distance, like, I mean, let's be real. Everybody's husband did some dumb stuff in (laughs) their past. Um, But, you know, like as long as it's like from a long time ago, they're willing to like negotiate with you and see like, you know, they use their best judgment kind of thing. That's fantastic. Um, Yeah. Uh, but um, so we know Chelsea's husband has a record now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know. I always fall into the husband category. <laughs> I'm the one who's done some stuff. Okay, mom, yes. if you're listening, I don't have a record. Um, okay, so we talked a lot about. Well, you touched on like the adjustment period. So, what is it like bringing? You've had. What are the ages of the kids you've had from start? So six weeks. Um, yeah, so my first one was at 11 months old, and then I got a baby straight from the hospital. Um, and that was the other thing I was going to say is that, you know, like before you become foster parents, there's like all these things that they talk to you about in parenting class about like things you don't even consider, like what is your age range that you're cool at taking on? What are deal breakers for you? Which I, one of our deal breakers is like if somebody's not great with animals. But like I had never even considered in my life that like yeah. a kid could have like issues with animals because I was raised with like who knew. Right. Um, yeah. But you know these kids get a crash course at life and they come with a, a lot more baggage than what the normal person would think. Um, so that's what kind of they go over in like the classes and stuff like things you know so you know what your deal breakers are. Um, but yeah, our age range is from like zero to five, I think. I don't know. Okay, so little. They still call you outside of your range, and you just say yes or no. It's it's weird. <laughs> um, but I, I'm a sucker, so I usually say yes. <laughs> We've only had um, to say yes three times so far, right? I know. Yes, because one of my deal breakers is that uh, I don't do uh, well. Let's say it wasn't my deal breaker at first, but then I had two foster children at one time that were not siblings. So they had different case managers and Mm -hmm. I will never do that again. And that's just a personal deal breaker for me because it's a lot more. You don't have like they're not on the same schedule. So you're dealing with two different case managers, two different everything. Um, So I won't ever do that again. But most like some people can. I know a lot of foster parents that do that. Um. But it's a no for me. And I've just been, I've gotten a lot of singletons. We're open to sibling groups as well, but we've just always had kids that don't have siblings. And what state are you in? I'm sorry. I didn't even ask. Florida. Florida. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about what you were saying about having the multiple children um, with different cases. That That is a lot. I worked in childcare mm-hmm. for a long time and we had families that had foster children from different families, different caseworkers, and the stress on the foster parents is so intense just because they're dealing with different backgrounds, different issues, then integrating the children into their home and seeing if they work well together and then mm-hmm. all the different things that come up with the cases. So I can understand why 
um, you've made that decision because it, it's really hard, but it's still an honorable thing that you're doing just to, to yeah. care for these kids. But yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. hard. And a lot of times I feel like, um, like with my current placement, she, she did have a foster sibling for a little while and she was great with him. Um, but she's in kind of a place right now where she's like only child mode. Like she needs a lot of extra attention and stuff. So I feel like you kind of have to really, uh, I don't know, even though they're not biologically yours, like intuitively parent, like your, (laughs) your foster children as well. And just kind of see where they're at. Um, because, uh, as much as she makes me crazy and needs my attention all the time, like she does not do well with (laughs) another, like, you know, someone else sucking my attention away from her right now. Yes. And understandably so because of what she's been through so that yeah. that makes sense and just because yes, she's for sure she's used to just having you guys so yes yeah 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 for sure okay, so with foster care do you have like a working relationship with the parents or just the social worker um so it really is dependent on the case and your comfort level um foster parents are encouraged to have um co-parenting relationships okay. with um the biological parents. Um, my first placement, I had a great relationship with, um, her mother. Like, honestly, I felt like we, we birthed this child together. Like we went to the zoo, we did all kinds of things together. Um, and she was great. She was just young and made some poor decisions and the, the system was not working for her. Like it should have never taken two years. There was just a lot of unnecessary hurdles. Um, but then I've had other cases where, um, the parents are not safe to be around. Mm -hmm. Um, um, like with my current placement at first, it was a little crazy. Now we have an okay relationship, but we're not like besties. Um, it's really great. It's awesome. If you can be, um, you know, like my first placement, her mom was so young. I was like, can I adopt them both? Because, you know, a lot of times you find these parents were also in the foster system. It's a, it's a very broken, like cyclical thing. Um, so, you know, they don't, they don't know a lot of things and you end up feeling like, you know, you, you need to teach them all of these things. Um, and it's sad, but it's rewarding. And if they take something away from it, it's really awesome. So, that first placement that you had, it's still, that child's still with their parent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't really have the same relationship that we had before, which I yeah. think is something people need to go into foster care, like knowing, like, even if you have like a great co-parenting relationship, that's something really hard for that parent to keep like revisiting, like knowing that their child was with someone else. So like, you're not always going to be super involved. Um, I had another right. foster child that went to a family member and I never spoke to that family member rarely while that child was in my care. And I get like weekly updates. Um, and they're fantastic. We send each other Christmas presents. Like I have the best relationship with them and I never (laughs) talk to them like while this little boy was in my care. Um, but we have the most amazing relationship now. Um, so you just kind of never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's interesting. I would never even think about the fact that you have this standing relationship even after having the foster child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great if you can have it. It doesn't happen for everyone, but I do know a lot of people that do have relationships. Um, and a lot of times the foster parent is kind of that biological parent's only support. I mean, kids don't end up in foster care because people have great support systems. Usually if you have a great support system, your child goes to one of your support people, not a foster parent. Um, 
So a lot of times foster parents end up being like that person for the biological parent. So I have a lot of foster friends that end up like babysitting their former foster children and stuff for the parents. So, yeah. Do you, did other people in your family foster? Um, not really. (laughs) Um, I had a cousin that fostered for a little while. She adopted um, three little boys from the system and then wasn't done. Um, and my mom kind of, my mom married a man who I guess adopted his three sisters. So she kind of did that from like a young age, but, um, no, but we grew up, I guess. Yeah. On my street growing up, we had um, a foster family. Okay. Actually, so the woman like fostered for. Yeah, we had a lot of exposure to foster care. Um, yeah. What is the enough. process like when um, it's decided that the placement is being removed from you? Like, if the child is going back um, to their parent, what does that look like? Do they just call you and they're like, "Okay, this is it," or how does that go? I wish that there was a straightforward answer with foster care, but everything is so dependent on the case. Um, typically there's a transition plan depending on how long they've been in foster care. Um, for instance, like with my first placement, there should have been like a longer transition plan, but I knew her and knew that like, if you didn't rip it off, like a band aid kind of thing, it was going to take her longer to adjust. And it's not like Mm -hmm. she didn't have a good relationship with her mother or anything like that. Um, so we kind of, we did like a couple of overnights and then just did like a weekend swap and like a see you later kind of thing. Um, it was, it was kind of messy. Um, but I really do think that it was like the best decision. Um, and same with like the little boy, um, there wasn't much of a transition plan. Like he had met his relatives multiple times and they were good people. Um, but he wasn't like old enough to really, I think, understand, what was going on. Um, but typically it's like a transition plan. I think it goes over like six week long period where it's like, you know, they spend like a day and then they'll spend overnight and then they'll spend multiple nights and it just depends on the kid. So do you play a role in that decision of how it should go or is it just basically delivered to you? Like, this is what we're doing or do you get to have a say since you have a relationship with the child? Um, it's really great when they let foster parents have a, um, say just because we are around our foster kids all of the time and know them the best. Um, unfortunately we don't always get that kind of a voice. Um, but I feel like I've been pretty lucky in that department and have been pretty well listened to, um, when it comes to what's going on. Although I haven't had to be like super disagreeable either. So I don't, (laughs) so um, but yeah, it's always great when they, when they do listen. Um, so we talked a little bit about trauma you and I did, I think before we started this, but mm-hmm. what is it like bringing these children in? How do you cope yourself as, as a foster parent, as someone's wife, as a couple, how do you cope with these children who are just sending, like raising your own children is hard enough when you go from point, like the very beginning and you're there for all of it, but when mm-hmm. you're just like thrust into this, how do you cope with that? Um, 
Well, I will say my advice to every foster parent that I did not follow from the get-go and I wish I would have sooner is get a therapist because you need somebody who doesn't know what's going on that you can tell your side of what's going on because stuff gets really crazy and it doesn't all go great. And unfortunately, foster parents, at least in the state of Florida, are not party to the case. So you might be with a child 24-7 and know them the best, but you don't have a say in what happens ultimately. If you're blessed with a great case manager or a great judge and they give you like the option to speak, that's fantastic. They don't always listen to you. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I would say definitely getting a therapist is great. Um, my husband and I, well, I guess I should say my other thing would be before becoming a foster parent, make sure that your work, if you're going to be a working foster parent, make sure that your work is like super down for you being a foster parent and that they understand that there are, and you can be as involved or uninvolved, um, as you want as a foster parent, but like myself, I like to be involved. So I go to every court case, I go to every, you know, staffing, I, I do everything. Um, but you can you can be less involved as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but uh, like one of our issues starting out was work. I don't think that my job at that time knew how involved I wanted to be. I don't think I communicated that well enough. Um, so we kind of had to part ways and I became a stay at home <laughs> foster mom, um, which has been a real blessing um, and made it a lot easier Um, But I think that that's kind of how I don't want to say that my husband leaves it up to me because he really does love these children and he parents them like 100%, but he kind of leaves the foster part of it up to, to me. Um, Like as far as dealing with case managers and stuff like that. And honestly, like that's what works for us because I'm like the organized, like regimented one. That's like, okay, well, we're going to get through this and we're going to get this done. We're going to get this done. And he's like, the huggy kissy, like, okay, well come here and let's wrestle before bed and like, whatever. And like, he, you know, he's great, but like that he's good at that. And I'm good at like, okay, this is what needs to be done. Um, so that's what works for us. Um, not that it doesn't get like, you know, crazy or anything, but we do, we communicate a lot with each other about how we're feeling. And sometimes we yell and say things that we don't, you know, don't necessarily mean, Um, there's a lot of like, you know, Oh, why don't they just come get this kid? Which is not really what we mean. <laughs> but Yeah. Um, you know, there's just a lot, you know, but, and having a good, like, like setting up your village before becoming a foster parent is I think really important too. Um, and I think a lot of people jump into foster care, not like preparing their family enough kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think my family was pretty, pretty well aware of what we were doing and we made sure that we had like friends that were ready to get background checked and stuff so that we have babysitters and you know because foster care is a little different you can't just like go you know with your kid you can be like here you watch them for (laughs) but uh, you have to have like people that are approved and stuff so I think that that's important um and then finding foster parents that you relate to also um are you in like a support group for that they have them. Um, sometimes the support groups stress me out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I went into like individual therapy. Yeah. I'm like very uh, empathetic to other people. Mm-hmm. So I'll start listening to people's stories and I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to sit here and shut up because my problems are not even half as bad as these people. And then I'm like, oh, 
I need to go drink for these people. Like I feel horrible for what they're going through. Like, like stresses me out more, but there are support groups. Um, and I have a really cool like group on Facebook. There's a bunch of different groups and you kind of have to find like your one. Um, yeah, but it's just a bunch of foster moms that are like to drink and cuss and <laughs> do all the things normal moms do. Um, and they're great, but I mean, really, I have to say, cause I think like, I get the feeling that you like diminish a little bit what you're doing and, and the power behind it, but you're not a normal mom. Like you're almost more kick-ass than that. You're number one. Well, thank you. Yeah. You're Thanks. taking this on in a way that like what you do is monitored more so than it would be with a parent who gave mm-hmm. birth to a biological child because you see the lack of monitor- monitoring that produces these children who need to be right. taken by you. So number one, not only are you not a normal parent, it's like fostering, like I have so much more respect for it and I more knowledge on it now having talked to you about it. You do so much for these children who will never even know how much you did for them. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. You give them a safe space you stand by while they're crying and crying and crying and crying and you can't figure that out. And as a mom of bio children, when they scream like that, my anxiety, like my hair, my skin crawls on my head. I have to walk yeah. out of the house sometimes. So to have that go on for like six months on end, waiting for your child to learn to self-soothe and knowing the whole time that at any moment that kid could be decided like, hey, you're good to go back to your family now. And maybe they're not. And you know that because you're very intuitive as well. Mm-hmm. You have to just keep rolling with these legal issues. That's not normal parenting. That is so much more than normal parenting. It's really, it's it's like a super freaking power. So don't diminish that. Well, thank yeah. you. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be a normal parent. So I <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to really. Um, this, this is just normal parenting for me. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's, it's just what I do. I don't know how to parent any differently. And I really think even if I had biological children, obviously they wouldn't be in, well, perhaps they wouldn't be in quite the state that some of these children come to me in, but I, you know, I like to think that regardless, um, of biology, like you, you do whatever you have to do for your children or for whoever you're taking care of. and I, yeah. I'm just a doer. I just do what you, what I, what needs well, to be done. I don't know. I'm a big rule follower and I don't know. I feel like if you're, you're organized and you like rules and you like, you like all the things, then, uh, try to be a foster parent. I don't know. It yeah. is an incredibly selfless act though. Thank like you. it, it, it really, really is because, um, you're caring for these children that otherwise, are lost in our world, you know, and there are not, as we well know, there are not enough people like you in our world. So do not discredit yourself for that. It really, (laughs) really is incredible. Catherine's absolutely right. It's really selfless what you guys are doing. So even with the struggles at the end of the day, you're making a huge difference, a huge difference. 100%. There's, over 400,000 foster children in the foster care system in the U.S. And I'm totally yeah. Googling this right now, you guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, COVID has made those numbers skyrocket. Um, oh, I mm. bet. 
And honestly, it's easier than ever to become a foster parent right now. So if somebody is thinking about becoming a foster parent, now is the time to do it because it's a whole lot less invasive. I have to say um, COVID has made foster care a breeze um, because it's a lot of videos and not people coming like straight up in your house and chilling on your couch for an hour. <laughs> and um, so it's honestly, it's made it a lot easier. Um, so this would be the year to like jump into it because it's like way, it's a, it's a, it's a milder course <laughs> to prepare yourself for when things finally go back to normal. What was the biggest shock for you doing this though? What was the biggest shock for you in foster care that you didn't realize it would be like outside of like the, the getting into it was just that easy? Like how like weak and strong you can feel like simultaneously. It is like the most like overwhelming feeling but like I have never felt more badass in my entire life while I'm like sitting here bawling into my pillow like I don't know what's gonna happen um but like I feel like a freaking badass all the time and like these freaking kids all they want is for someone to show them what like love and security feel like and it is so cool to be like the center of like a little person's universe who thinks that I'm like super awesome and like it's super awesome to watch these kids too like I feel like people have like this misconception of like foster children like they're all like super like you know messed up and we've had the opportunity we do respite every once in a while um which is like where you give other foster parents a break and have kids over so we've had like teenagers and stuff and teenagers have such a bad rep but they are my favorite to have for the weekend we chill we watch Gilmore Girls you know like they're cool they love it like they just want somebody to like want them like it's not it's not that hard and I feel like there's such a stigma around it and I feel like once you kind of change your brain you know even like the older kids and the younger kids too I've noticed like they try to push you away at first but because like they're trying to guard their hearts like you have to like start looking at things through like their eyes like they're you know yeah they've been damaged like (laughs) but they can be fixed and it's so amazing to watch them go from like these little kids that don't want to be held and don't want to be loved on to like these cuddly little lovey kids that just want to be around you all the time like it's it's honestly like the best feeling I bet that is so heartwarming actually (laughs) (laughs) I'm just curious about the impact on is your does your family live near you do you live near your family close yeah so they develop a relationship with your foster Mm -hmm. children I assume um how how um has it been for them to kind of go through like the meeting of the children and then the loss of the children? Cause it is, I'm sure you have to grieve the loss a little bit. Um, yeah. As you move uh, through the phases. 100%. Um, I think they get really excited when there's a new placement, um, which is weird. Cause it's like a bittersweet thing. Like, you know, like it's not cool that you're in foster care, but it's awesome that you're here. Um, right. And they get, they get really excited. They get really attached really easily, which I love about my family because I I know some foster families, like, you know, they kind of keep those foster children at a distance because they know what can happen. And I I think that that's great about my family and my support system is that like, they're willing to go like all in regardless of what can happen. Um, so if you can find, find yourself a support system like that, that will love your children, no matter how long they're going to be with you. Um, but it is, it's hard for them. Um, 
after our first placement went back to her mother, like my mom begged me not to do it anymore because she was like, Oh, it's just so heartbreaking to watch you go through it. And for me to go through it. Um, but I'll be honest, I, I didn't think that we would continue after our first placement. And I didn't realize how much being a foster mom had become part of my identity. And I was like, Oh, we're going to take like a six month break. I need to recover. Two weeks later, I was like, yep, sure. Bring it to my, bring this child to my house. Um, and I would say that like when I took on my second placement, they were a little more reserved, but it didn't take long. And honestly, that child that we took the next, <laughs> um, they have a stronger bond with than they did even the first one. Um, so, mm-hmm. so they go all in for these kids. Um, That's awesome. And your mom's especially close with, with the child you have With now. my current placement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're besties. I'm a little jealous, honestly, of their relationship. <laughs> and they've been like that from the get go. Like my mom would come over and this kid would freaking scream for 10 hours a day. My mom would come over and she's like, Oh, Hey, like we're going to hang out. Like my mom thought I was lying about her screaming for 10 hours a day because every time my mom come over, she'd be fine. My mom's like, Oh, she's the sweetest kid. And I'm like, okay, take her. Like, do like, I don't know what to do. I'm losing my mind. And they love each other. They're insane. They FaceTime each other all the time. Aw, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Is your husband's family equally involved? Um, they're a little further away. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're pretty involved. I don't know. Just her, her and my mom just have like a weird bond. I don't know. I feel like they knew each other in another life or something. They're they're soul connection. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. What is this like a woo woo podcast? What are you talking about? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh man. All right. So therapy, what other advice do you have for anyone who really has been thinking about this and just needs to like get that final push to do it? I don't, I feel like there's like, you always hear people say like, Oh, I can't foster because I would get too attached. Like that's what I always hear. And I came across this quote on this Facebook page. that's called foster the family the other day. And it's a really awesome foster page anyway, if people wanted to check it out. It's just foster the family on Facebook. Um, But it's a quote that says, foster children need attachment more than foster parents need to be protected from getting too attached. Yeah. And I feel like, like that really spoke to me because like, yeah, like I've been super attached to kids, but like those kids totally needed to know what attachment was more than like, I needed my heart not to break. And my heart has been broken a bazillion times, but here I am. I'm still doing it. It sucks, but you can do it. Like, it's not, I don't know. Like you just pick up the pieces and I can't, I feel like once you start, you can't stop. Like I said, like I was like, oh, I'm going to take a six month break. And then I got a phone call and I'm like, I can't say no, there's no way. And it becomes so much of like what you do. And like, it, it really is like, it gives you like your power. Like you can't say no. Um, but yeah, like if, if you think that you can't do it because you would get too attached, then you are the perfect foster parent. We need more foster parents that get too attached. That's a beautiful sentence. Yeah. I love that. Jenna and I like to do this thing where we pull a conversation card from one of our, Oh goodness. Okay. We forgot to do it on the last episode. I was a little little pissed at us. Um, Oh, well the last one was really woo woo. So I don't know. It was, we got really into it in the last episode. I know. Um, 
Okay. Next time so, we'll have the ARC 9 answer the question for oh the conversation God. card. <laughs> yes, that's great. I was Sweet like titties. doing my makeup while I was listening to that podcast and I was like, okay, I have to stop what I'm doing because like I feel like this is way too much. Go Like it was felt way too powerful for me to be just doing something like my makeup. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just stop. <laughs> These are the weird things that we talk about now, and it's so funny to, like, catch yourself being like, oh, yeah, we're just talking about, like, closing portals and shit. I mean, it's totally yeah, normal no big coffee deal. talk. Right. Totally fine. Just another day in the thing. life. Yeah, doing, doing our damn thing. Okay. Uh, right. So, Chelsea, what are your favorite ways to take care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually? therapy yeah that's a fair answer there you go yeah no therapy has been my my new favorite way to do all of those things yeah yeah that's I used to say if I could fill that out on like like a dating card like what are your favorite hobbies I'd be like talk therapy yeah no it's awesome so good to just let it all out right all right man you got anything else for us or Jenna you have anything to say no, just thank you, Chelsea, for being here and sharing your story and hopefully opening the minds of others that have been thinking about joining um, the system and being a foster parent. I know my husband and I have been talking about it for years, and I am going to force this episode down his ears. <laughs> down his ears. I don't think that's a thing, but it is now. <laughs> you just... Just make him listen. Yeah, you really, I feel like it. what you could share with us removes a lot of the fear that people have around it. It, it just makes it feel less yeah. scary. It's way scarier for the kids than it is for the adults in the process. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. that's very well, true. You are a beautiful and true. selfless person. And well, we thank so you. Thankful for you to come on here and talk about your journey with us. So thank you again so much. And if anyone has any questions about um, fostering or foster care, send them in to the email and we will see um, if there's any advice Chelsea can offer on it for you guys. Yeah, for sure. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on and we will catch you all next time on Project Healing.